0: Welcome on into the Airdrop Show. My name is Caleb on the internet. I go by Phosphorus. Today we got a special show today. I got a friend on. We can call that Teflon. We're internet friends, right?
1: I would say that's the case. We've, we've known each other on the internet for, for some time.
0: That's the best part. I have no idea what you look like, but I've listened to you enough times in our uh, Airdrop happy hours to know that you know what you're talking about. So I wanted to bring you on the show today and we're just going to do some talk about nfts in the moment probably across all different types of blockchains we're going to talk about the macro the micro and what we're looking at at the moment maybe not necessarily give you some alpha ladies and gentlemen but hopefully point you in the right direction of things that are looking up teflon you want to just give me a little introduction of how'd you found nfts how you found web3 and uh What degened you in? Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, I I guess I've been around-ish Bitcoin for some time as well as Stacks, Blockstack. And with, you know, I mean, I think not many people have been around NFTs longer than the last few years. So it really was, I guess, what, a year and a half ago or so when when I first, you know, kind of start collecting NFTs on, on ETH. And then they started on Stacks and, you know, more recently on some other chains like Tezos and Avalanche just to explore but I've been around the internet for some time, I guess, memes and, you know, with that, I kind of met a lot of different people and been somewhat involved in in the crypto space for a bit. But NFTs have been the most fun thing that's happened in the space for some time. DeFi is innovative and exciting, but but the art, the, you know, blending digital art, which has been a thing for a long time, and things like generative art, which have been a thing for, you know, a while. With crypto and with an international audience i think is pretty fun so that's kind of what i've been up to the last last few years
0: it's been a lot of fun uh what was your first
1: nft that is a good question i'm gonna to have to go on chain to see but i think i mean i think one of the first collections i got into was i mean the wall street bulls on eth was one that was a community and collection that i got into i believe before that happened i minted one or two things on stacks not on like for market or anything just like on the blockchain so i think technically there may have been some like file i had that i uploaded that was the first one that i technically owned but i think the first community was the wall street bulls on eth um that was just like a fellow memer who had kind of in the wall street memes wall street bets community which was a lot of fun um and you met a lot of people and i kind of saw the power of of online community but I'd have to check. Actually, I should I should know that answer, but I think um, one of those two. I would say.
0: All right. What's the um, crown jewel of the Teflon Musk collection?
1: I mean, I think it's still and will be for some time, probably my Megapon eight. Just that's kind of a big part of, has been at least within like the stacks community, which is you know by far the community I'm the most active in, kind of the the blue chip and my and my part of my digital identity with them. So I'd say that. I mean in the last like two weeks, as you may have heard me talk about the the Stoics from Gabe Weiss, I've one or two of those are are up there and like top ones that I like, but that's also because the community is a big aspect of, of that collection. I, there's some really, really intricate, cool generative art on Tezos that I've been like personally having as my backdrop and as my watch drop. Um, and I think I'm gonna get some printed as well soon It's hard to say, (laughs) I think currently it's hard to get one favorite. I like to look at a lot of different ones, sometimes just buying like a small print or sometimes like the collections. And I guess we'll probably talk about this later, but things like FX hash where there's lots of like live generative mints going on. I think those are really fun um, where you kind of feel like you're part of it. You know, you're running the iterations of it and then choosing which one you like um, mm. So they're more interactive, and I think interactive and like innovative in a way that it makes the online and the on-chain experience a little more just exciting for the end person versus just the artist putting it out.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I want I want to get to all of that because I, there's definitely a lot we can talk about in there. Um, but first, before we get there, I want to talk about the thirty thousand foot view of nft is the moment if we're playing a nine inning baseball game i don't think they've even entered the stadium i don't think the first pitch has maybe been thrown but lots of lots of change um in your opinion right now teflon what is the what does the market kind of look like now that we're in a bear market right it's september 2022 um where where where's the action happening where is it not happening
1: yeah i mean i think i think the first pitch has been thrown i think it I think it was thrown, you know, like twenty twenty one when there was some of those crazy amounts of volume on OpenSea. Um which because of that crazy volume was we'll say like it's almost like they they hit like a grand slam right at the start, mm. which started mm-hmm. things so crazy as far as volume. Now we're kind of, I don't know, in an inning change or, or just in a you know, an inning where there's just really strong pitching battles going back and forth and not a lot of, you know, not a lot of offense but that's just i think there's user growth that's continuing to grow with nfts it seems as if that's the case but volume's obviously down because people are not speculating on anything because we're at yeah the bear market and the recession is is hitting everything hard which is just going to hurt volume and hurt speculation but i think the user growth on i mean not just on you know within stacks i think it's we've you know the communities are growing steadily you know, you look at you can look at OpenSea and some of the big, you know, say you know higher level NFT trends. I think there's still like a good amount of creators and you know users who are coming in and using them in new ways, but people aren't throwing the amount of money at them like they were a bit ago. And that's okay, I think. You know, yeah, sustainable money and sustainable growth is a lot better than
0: than billions
1: of dollars just flooding the space because it weeds out the bad actors as well and brings in. You know, the good creatives.
0: Right. And that's what we're looking for here. We're looking for good creatives. I also feel like it's there was not an elitism, I guess, to, to 2021 because everybody was going just so crazy. But there was the the have and the have nots. And I feel now in the little in the bear, there's a little bit more people that got in or saw NFTs, kind of dipped their toe in, now have more of a chance to participate. And I think that's good, right? You're just getting more and more people that are getting more and more comfortable with Web3 and NFTs and buying what they're looking at. And that's just, like you said, steady growth. And uh, I think that's really good. Now's a great time to enter the market, too, because prices are low, because volumes are low. And you can really kind of suss out where, uh, where you want to put your money. And so I want you brought up Gabe Weiss and the, uh, the Stoics NFTs. Can you give us a quick rundown of that project? You told me about that project. I unfortunately did not buy in early enough and then it got past my price range and it's not come back down. And I don't think it's going to come back down. I think they're killing it right now. So do you just want to explain what the project is and uh, how you found it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm not going to do it justice by, by speaking on it. You have to take a look at all 5,000 pieces on OpenSea and and go through them, even that you won't get the full experience. I think, I mean, Gabe Weiss has been an established artist for some time and he's had lots of one-on-ones and lots of smaller collections on other chains. So he's well-established in the space. And I think he brought together a really good team and thought of some very innovative ways to reveal the art, reveal the traits you know, host different auctions with fit involving physical pieces for different rarities, uh, things of that nature. So it's been a really fun project to be a part of the last few weeks. You know, I think he's also like some of the best artists, he understands the commercial aspects of it and how to make you know, make it fun for all the collectors and all the collectors who are in it for a financial gain as well. You know, making it which has happened at least as evidence as you mentioned by the floor price. But I think that and having lots of – doing a lot of on-chain surprises, um, things that you can only do with an NFT collection made it, you know, and will continue to make it pretty fun. I think, you know, he's also done something which I think is one of the themes we can – I think a lot of people are seeing in the space, especially with, like, the kind of trendy topic of, like, really good AI art that's not generative, people showing proof of their craft before launching their big collections and throughout, Mm. you know, with, you know, his physical stuff and the whole process. So it's much less about the very end result, like image JPEG and more just the whole process and what went into it before, what went into, you know, what makes this person a great artist. And then the project, you know, happens.
0: Yeah. He's got uh, lots of good themes here. And if you're just listening, we'll, we'll probably put some art, Somewhere in the description, you can go look this stuff up. It's uh, his collection he just dropped. Is it's a PFP collection? They're faces, but they're all done in a cubist form, and it's generative. So there are different backgrounds, and there's different faces for ev- for everything. And they're ve- it's very interesting. Oh, it looks like Cheech and Chong just bought too. That's funny. There's so much happening in this collection, and it really does, I guess, say a testament to. His art form, beyond or before NFTs, this isn't this isn't something he just
1: did. Yeah, and and the community, the community he's built, and the community he's established himself in, you know, yeah. which is the Bay Area, San Francisco, I mean, California art scene, as well as I guess you know the U.S. sort of contemporary art scene. He's you know does his routes at shows and does his routes, you know, with different parties and in the Web three space. So yeah. I think that's, you know, that's a part of, of being in some of the, you know, the big communities he's involved with, like, you know, the Bored Apes and the Moonbirds and some of those V Friends, which I think it benefits everyone, regardless of if you're an artist, a creator, a collector, or just, you know, to someone who's venturing into the space for the first time. There's value in some of those big projects and big communities, even if like you're not obsessed with what the profile pic art is like or if you you don't want to use it as your profile pic you know
0: yeah do you think it's important for artists to get involved in the bigger projects the bigger community projects like board ape and moonbirds and v friends
1: i mean i won't necessarily tell people to join those but i think regardless of whatever community you're you're establishing yourself in i think it can be very beneficial cuz i think a lot of those are like social clubs more than right. anything and people are starting to realize the value that different, you know, different kinds of projects and different kinds of communities and different kinds of, uh, you know, collections have. And a lot of those are the facts that they're strong, tight knit communities, people who want to support digital art and digital artists on different chains. And I think that's, you know, it's a good way to get yourself known in a very, and, you know, invest back into the space in a sense.
0: Yeah, that's been a theme that I've heard pop up a bunch is as anybody in this space, it's important to find a community and just dig into that community.
1: Yeah, I think you can learn a lot about, I mean, just the NFT space, the Web3 space, just technology, art, music, whatever is your niche interest, um, you can probably find some sort of community out there. I, I know I've recently been very much into like the music scene, and, and, you know the music Web three scene, and there's just so many sub niche communities within there that you know you can find your you can find your community.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, shout out the Pixel Looks, which is a great jam band type community if you're into jam bands or bluegrass. Got you know some of those are really low floors as well, where it's more you know they're token gated, but it's not elitist. It's not like the Moonbirds or the Board Ape, where it, you know. You have to have, you know, 50 grand, an ETH grand. or more. Yeah. I mean, I guess the floor is dropping on some of them now, but it's still, you know, not many people feel like dropping 10 ETH on, on a club membership that's mostly online and, you know, with lots of in-person events, but still. But, you know, there's a yeah. lot that are, that are a lot more accessible. It's just about finding them, filtering them through, like hopping in their Discord before you buy things and just seeing what, what it's like, how active they are. Because so many of them are still, you know, fairly quiet projects that, that aren't, you know, that promise a community, but the community isn't there. But there's some that don't promise a ton and have very active communities. As I was gonna say, I think with, you know, with Stacks, there's lots of strong communities too, like Dr. Suff, some, you know, you guys with the Airdrop Show or others that are, you know, small but mighty, you know, with lots of very involved, collectors, creators, you know, founders who are involved with them. Or if you want to get involved in the space, I mean these these spots are open. Shout out the Airdrop yeah. show.
0: Hey, yeah. Go follow Airdrop on uh Twitter and DMS and I'll make sure that we'll get you in the club. The easiest way to do that. Yeah. Um are you following photography
1: NFTs at all? Yeah, I am. Um somewhat. I mean I know Jason, I've had a couple of his pieces minted as well as um the gentleman who goes up to alaska i'm blanking on his with the the blonde beard but yes there's some there's a few really great ones out there
0: yeah levi i think Levi. The yes, we're talking about. Yes, yeah, levi. Yeah. there's one photographer on on ethereum that has caught my eye for what he's doing with architecture and buildings um his name is chris Haitha, and he's a photographer from philadelphia He originally went to architecture school, but he kept pulling at his camera whenever he was going these places. And he just started taking photos of these historic buildings. And he's now putting them out um, as NFTs. And here, I'll drop the link. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at them right now. They're... Okay, cool.
1: They're sweet. They're really cool.
0: He had to go get a drone license to do this because you're in a populated place you have to get all the right specs to do all this stuff but what he does is he takes 36 different photos of a building all the way up and then he like puts it in lightroom and photoshop and cleans it up but it's it's this beautiful way of i mean we always look up at buildings in big cities and you are kind of just amazed at, at them but he has a really good process of almost documenting buildings through time because you can see the architecture change and and that's where a lot of the metadata is it's like is it, is it art deco is it modern where is it and he's based out of the northeast and so a lot of these are in the northeast US but i think hey, i think i just saw on twitter he's going to go down to LA a little bit and start doing that and i just think when i saw these i was like now that is a great use of of an nft and fine art as you can kind of collect these collect these buildings and i think it's just going to be really cool to watch him grow as a photographer it kind of just happened for him happenstance he just started one day and all of a sudden um, i was watching an interview with him and his mom said when did you become a photographer and he was like i don't know i thought i was going to architecture school (laughs) and now it's just kind of blown up for him and he's as he's traveling and doing these buildings and it's it's been really cool to to watch him develop into this, into this artist.
1: Yeah, it's always cool. And I think it, the value comes through a lot, you know, sooner than like the first month or two after you find someone, you know, discover an artist or a photographer, you know, once you've been following them, following along with them for years, you know, their art has a lot more value to you and their photography Mm -hmm. because you've been there with them and you've kind of followed along, you know, on his trips yeah. to LA to take you know, the drones up to these things. It has a lot more sentimental value.
0: Yeah, they're beautiful. And uh, they definitely deserve to be on a wall. Especially if you're in that city. I think that would be super cool. Just to like, oh yeah, I have this picture of this building from my city. That's something I'm really into. But it's it's this new way of... Maybe it's not new, but it's definitely um, a different way of capturing it. It's really bringing elegance to, to these old buildings. Cause I know people worked very hard to make them this good. And we really don't see the character of buildings up that high because we're all, always usually seeing from the ground. And so we get to see these uh, skyscrapers. It's really
1: kind of cool. Yeah. And it's cool that, you know, I think web three and, you know, NFTs give people a platform to show their art and show their photography to people that they just might not have. Otherwise, like it would have been pretty, mm-hmm. you know, I would think 10, 15, 20 years ago, could have been different ways that you and him may have crossed paths, but you know, 50 years ago, there there's very, unless you live in the same city as that photographer and knew him, you know, very small chance that you guys, your paths would have crossed. Yeah. There's another yeah. photographer and I'm trying to find him on a Twitter right now because I follow him and it pops up here and there. Who has a very unique, um, I guess, set of rules that he follows for his art. He makes different and a visual art on photoshop kind of trippy like lights and he projects them in a huge way with tons of very powerful projectors onto the sides of mountains or onto the sides of old buildings and the sides of cliffs and then he takes photographs of that and that's the end piece is the photograph of his you know art projected on the side of the mountain which I thought was just a really cool concept. And it was very unique. Um, I'm going to try to find him yeah. and I'll send him to you and find his name. Cause, yeah, yeah. So, but it was very cool. You know, I think when people get creative like that and show their art and go through multiple layers to show their art.
0: I think that's really cool. I think I know who you're talking about. He like puts his um, stuff on, onto different rocks around everything. And I'm like, Oh man, that's, it's just interesting how, how these people think of this and can flex their creativity.
1: I always just imagine what it'd be like to be camping somewhere or driving through the mountains and looking up <laughs> and seeing on the side of some cliff, you know, this, this giant projection, tons of lights projecting and lasers up of his art.
0: Man, you'd either love it or you'd hate it. There'd be no in between as long as it's not loud. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Speaking about flexing creativity, you want to talk about FX Hash, which is a is it a minting site on Tezos? You know, I'm
1: gonna. I would say it's a generative art community platform. I'm going to pull up see what they say. A platform to mint generative tokens. They also have a very strong community blogging aspects to their platform that let, you know, the community there talk about their art and explain processes and share their art and embed, you know, the tokens into their blogs, which I just think it's a very cool I think it's one of, you know, very leading marketplace and community for, for web3 generative art. You can find a lot of really cool art artists on there that aren't, you know, they're not the Gabe Weisses of the world who are very huge, but they're just extremely talented and it's really fun for them to, to tell their stories on the same platform as, you know, is being minted or as their generative art is being embedded.
0: Yeah, this stuff is really cool. Just because generative art is so different
1: yeah it's very it's really immersive that's actually something else have you heard of you know tyler hobbs he's famous on on e yeah he has a new project i've seen pictures of it video i haven't you know generated any art on it there's a whole interface that lets the end user the person who ends up minting the token have a huge say in lots of the different aspects i'd say similar to like what at, at a much more complicated layer of what Megapont with the robot factory did, you know, where you can create your own NFT and then once right. you're okay with it, save it and mint it up. But, you know, they they went really to the next level with generative art doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, because uh, Tyler Hobbs did Fadenza. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Right? On, yep, on Artblocks?
1: one of the biggest.
0: And Artblocks is like the site for generative art. That's where the big boys go to play. And I feel like FXHash is where... If Artblocks is varsity, maybe FX Hash is, is JV. Um, but that's where people can can flex, you know, try stuff out, create stuff, put things out there, and then once they've like really figured something out, they can then go to Artblocks, which they sell stuff for a lot more. So it's I think it's FX Hash is a good place to be if you're just getting into the space and you want to go find some people because you never know what may happen yeah with some same, of with,
1: same with same with gamma i you know it's the to put stuff up there i think there's definitely like yeah. some arbitrage opportunities when there's you know just on some of these newer emerging blockchains that have nft communities in them to to put stuff out there as we know you know foundation and super rare and and all of, and yeah even to some extent OpenSea it's it's pretty tough to separate yourself from the noise. And as a creator, it's important to have your stuff on almost as many chains as you can and building small communities within those chains and across chains. And as a collector, I think it's, you know, you you could be sleeping on some really, really talented artists, projects, founders if you're only on the biggest one chains.
0: Yeah. How do you find people? I mean, I got first started on a smaller chain because I didn't have the money to throw on some of these ETH NFTs. But I can participate still and catch these artists, become a part of a community, be an active participant at that. And I think that's a lot of fun just to play around and see what's there. And that's the whole goal of, I guess, this show is we want to give you some information to maybe point you in the right direction, because it can be kind of hard when you're just starting out and very intimidating. Where do I go and how do I do this? And and that's what I want to kind of help us on, help us all as we all try to figure this out, which is why I wanted to have Teflon on because he's helped me a lot as I'm trying to figure out this space. What other spots on FX hash? Or is there any artists that you are really into that you're like, Ooh, this is happening or is it just on the minting page? You're just there. Yeah. I, I like up. to
1: scroll a little bit on the minting page. I do more of the blogs and reading through okay. different ones. And then if, okay. You know, if I really like what I read or like what I see as I'm reading it, I'll, you know, head to their Twitter, head to their mint page and, and see you know see what they have that's usually my process at least on there yeah. but that's mostly you know i i think there's just a lot of talented people who are who that's just like the pure art function you're not going to find the the degen gains that you'll find on some of the big ethereum projects on you know buying that buying art from small you know artists in third world countries or something but there's just different motives and if you're clear about them yourself then you'll enjoy them for different reasons right like some of it is purely being an art yeah. collector. And p- part of it is me. This is all personal, but, you know, I like to degen sometimes and I like to make profits off of NFTs. Not that I do that too often, but, you know, the aspect of that it is, is fun. And there's also the really fun aspect of just collecting emerging artist art.
0: Yes, there is something about just helping creators participating and just... um being a
1: part I think it's something that it's part of the digital identity it's part of the digital ownership I think in 510 and I'm obviously a believer in it but I think in 510 years like there will be a lot of nostalgia and even just for yourself you know to, to buying some of these things at at low prices or you know hopefully hopefully the the market matures and these artists become you know the next Gabe Weisses out there as well but even if not they're when you buy it and it's good art, it's good art. It's better than the rug pull crappy art projects that people were buying when they were shilling for, you know, building the next metaverse or whatever.
0: <laughs> right, trying to sell us on the next big thing. Because, you know, Gabe Weiss built up, like his, the success that he's had with the Stoics is well-deserved because he's actually worked to put himself out there, right? This isn't. This is This may look like an overnight success, but we all know it's not, right? He's been spending the last 10 years doing art. You can really see that pay off now. Whereas when I go to FX Hash and I'm looking, and I, so I found one I kind of liked, right? And, you, and then you go and you find the articles, kind of read about it, found uh, one artist, found his website, found out he's 16 years old and lives in the Netherlands. Like you know what? He's putting his 10,000 hours in doing this, and I can appreciate that, and I can support that, and I'm all for. Yeah, I think it's
1: it. you know the art world has existed for a while. The digital art world, even buying it, has existed for a while. But I think this just further promotes getting rid of gatekeepers in some ways, especially sites like this and sites mm. like Gama and others that, that are very accessible and very open. And, you know, there's still going to always be some levels of gatekeeping because there's always going to be some levels of, of social aspects to the art and there's going to be marketing right. aspects to the art. Like Andy Warhol didn't just sit around in a studio and make art. Like he was socializing in New York at the parties and talking to media about his process and what it means. So like, you're always gonna have to do things around your art with that to give it value, to give yeah. it next level value. And you see it translates online and in the digital world to different levels, whether it's like always putting out stuff. Like you think of like what made people big before he got into NFTs, you know, was this that he put out the one piece of right. and people have been following him for years as a digital artist. And then, you know, building his community, building his audience, and building, you know, appreciators, I think, to some extent, collectors, I'm not sure how much of his stuff he sold as prints before. I can't remember. But and then, you know, when he came into the NFT space, he had the auction that landed him $69 million. Some of these things are just, they've always been around. And it's just a matter of people relearning them, you know, in this aspect, and, and you know, in the digital world and an in international crypto world, which is borderless money, I suppose So it is. There's going to be collectors all over as well that you have to, you know, cater to to some extent or to make your art accessible to them as well.
0: Yeah, there is that there is that putting the 10,000 hours in. There is the constantly creating and there, there is the socializing and the networking. Do you think different blockchains at this point serve different purposes when it comes to art? Because I remember talking to Jake Freed about this, and I was like, like, should we just be putting like minting art all the time and just putting it on the blockchain and like flooding the blockchain? Like <laughs> now we have digital scarcity, but now we just put everything on there. Do you think there's a role for different blockchains in an artist's career as they move up the hierarchy?
1: I don't know if it's that solid now or I don't think so I think they should kind of be everywhere. I think people can okay. be strategic about where they choose to be and how much they choose to treat blockchain like digital scarcity. I think it's a way to determine digital scarcity, which is like if that collection or if there if there are rarity elements to it, but it's definitely not always going to be the digital scarcity okay. aspect. So, I think it's, you know, it's up yeah. to the artist. I think some of the most successful commercial artists Nowadays, or you know, artists with the most commercial success are are putting themselves and their artwork everywhere through licensing, through like for example, Chris Benchettler, he's
0: mm-hmm. a professional
1: skier and artist. Now I feel like he's almost more of an artist and professional skier. Like his stuff is on backpacks. I mean, he has NFTs that I was just looking at and sold for like twenty grand or more. Um, you know, on on super rare. Obviously, he's most famous for his ski line that with Atomic, where his artwork is on all these different skis. But I think doing those things where it's very accessible and very out there gives his most rare stuff, like his rare one-of-one NFTs, so much more value. They won't have the value they had if there wasn't people with his art on their t-shirts and skis where he's getting pennies on the dollar on the licensing, but his artwork's out there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like so much of NFTs, people want to start backwards and then move their way like into cheaper and cheaper stuff. Like they want to sell things for lots of money right up front instead of just putting things out there slowly, gaining traction and whatnot. I think it's really good. Speaking of putting out art into the world, are you putting art I, into I the did. world? I think I, I meant saw to, something.
1: I minted one. I was trying to practice what I preached a little bit. I also wanted to see how easy Gamma was to launch stuff. So yeah, I did a little collage ski art. I've just kind of been really stoked for ski season with the snow coming on pretty soon. So might see a few others, but definitely nothing. I'm going to keep the prices off pretty low on everything. Some elements of it are are, you know, AI art, enhanced photos, but also, you know, collage art and just kind of digital art but i would not expect too much crazy floor prices or digital scarcity i do want i do have a few others that i'm working on that I'll, I'll definitely put out there but i think it's fun i think the more people that that do it it's just going to be better for the network as a whole and more people realize how easy it mm-hmm. is to to put out like one of one art or to put out you know like small collections of art especially within like the stacks gamma yeah. community that i'm pretty heavily involved with i I really want to see see the community thrive and i think if you know if 20 30 more you know people who are involved in the community decide to put out small collections or you know do some creative stuff and put it out there i think it'll it'll just say a lot for for the community for the platform for just for everyone i think it'll be fun too
0: gosh Stefan, i'm feeling convicted now because you're so right like there's something about like I can obviously observe the creative process from the outside. It's very different to be a part of it and put put work out there and, and see what happens. And
1: Yeah, I think in a way, like I'm first most definitely a collector, but I think it makes my collector experience better. You know, I appreciate mm-hmm. the art that I'm buying. I'm appreciating the NFTs. And like, you know, from like an alpha perspective, like I'm able to have more of an edge, I feel from like a, if you want to be an investor in the art space, having done some yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It gives you more appreciation for what's happening for sure.
1: But I know, I mean, you guys are, I know you have plenty of creative skills and there's lots of things in the, you know, in the airdrop discord that's always happening. So hopefully we'll see some of them on chain soon. I know Rally and, and Fitzroy definitely have some, they've had their sus auctions, which have been with the saints, which have been pretty, if I remember correctly, some, some big sales.
0: Yeah, it's been fun to to watch. I guess it's my turn. It's what I'm. It's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing you you say.
1: There's a, there's the opportunity. It's pretty easy with um with the new <laughs> Gamma Create tool, though. I mean, it's all no code. It's you know, it's as simple as like signing a transaction, basically. You know, entering in the info.
0: And this is not an ad for Gamma whatsoever. This is not. They have they, they have not paid us to say this at all. But if you're a creator, it is really easy to get started with Gamma.
1: And I I think it, you know, not in that as well, but I think, you know, FX hash and object are great places to, for any artists that are on, on other chains, even on gamma, I think, you know, get, get on, get on multiple chains, like experiment with different, different platforms and different marketplaces. I mean, at least for myself, that's kind of why we're in this. Like, it's fun to, to experiment with the latest stuff and you're not going to get it all on, all in one spot. You're going to have to keep being an internet explorer. To the internet explorers and all of us. That's good. That's good. Teflon, anything else before we wrap up? I mean keep exploring, keep you know, I think everyone has to we'll hunker down through this, this bear market. We'll have some time, but if we're we've got time to build, we've got time to to find new collections and to find you know, new artists that are coming into the space that are, you know, growing up in the space. I think we got some time ahead of us, as long as we're not staring at price charts. I think we'll we'll all survive. Sometimes it requires a little more fiat mining and you know, but as long as we we stay involved, stay in the space, you know this. You know the artists aren't going away, and the art isn't going away. So let's keep at it.
0: That's so true. Nothing's going away. The art, the art's here to stay, and more and more artists are coming every every day. That kind of rhymed. It was in, That was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> Teflon, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me.